sermon is, they dropped him, but he fed straight. Can I say it again? The title of the sermon today is, they dropped him, but he never stopped. But he fed straight. This word. as I have tried to go in a different direction for today's sermon, all the more the nudging of the Holy Spirit to go forth with the singing that I know that He wanted out there. They dropped Him, but He In the book of, I believe it's First Samuel, four and four, and I have the same one there. Second Samuel, four and four, excuse me. Second Samuel, four and four. This is as a kind of one of the new King James versions. First Samuel chapter twenty. Let's do that. First Samuel chapter twenty. The church is going to say, "Amen." If I can get my screen to go away, it'd be awesome. First Samuel chapter twenty. Then David fled from. Where's my smart glasses? Is it this church today? He's going to say in Ramah. <laughs> and went and said to Jonathan, what have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before your father that he speaks, that he speaks to my son? Let's get to work. So Jonathan said to him, by no means you shall not die. Indeed, my father will do nothing either great or small, without first telling me. And why should my father hide this, hide this thing from me? He does not know. Then David took an oath again and said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. <laughs> so Jonathan said to David, whatever you yourself desire, I will do it for you. And David said to Jonathan, he said to Jonathan, indeed tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king to eat, but let me go that I might hide in the field until the third day at evening, if your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked permission of me that he might run over to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. 
if he says, thus it is well, your servant will be safe. But if he is very angry, be sure that evil is determined by him. Therefore, you shall deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. Nevertheless, if there is iniquity in me, kill me. Kill me yourself. For why should you bring me to your father? I want to stop right there for a second. If you find any type of evil, any type of wrongdoing, any type of iniquity in me, you kill me yourself. May I suggest that this ought to be the mindset of every Christian believer in the world. That every hater that you have connected to your life, every liar, every rumor starter, every drama keeper in your life, you ought to be able to turn to them and say, if you have right to hate my guts, kill me now. Kill me yourself. But if you don't, but if you don't, Jonathan said, far be it from me, for if I knew certainly that evil was determined by my father to come upon you, then I would not tell you. Jonathan is saying, this is me. Do you think that I would let something happen to you? Do you think that I could know something is about to uh, determine your fate, your course of life? And do you think that I wouldn't tell Dog, don't you know we better than that? Then David said to Jonathan, who will tell me, or what if your father answers you roughly? Come on. And Jonathan said to David, come, let us go out into the field. So both of them went out into the field. Then Jonathan said to David, the Lord God of Israel is witness. When I have sounded out of my father's, out of my father's sometime tomorrow, or the third day, and indeed is good, toward his, he's doing good towards David, and I do not send you and tell you, may the Lord do so and much more to Jonathan. But if it pleases my father to do you evil, then I will report it to you and send you away that you may go in safety and thee, come on, and the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. And you shall not only show me the kindness of the Lord, get this y'all, this is important, you want to remember this part, you will not only show me kindness, the kindness of the Lord, uh, while I still live, that I might not die. This is major. But you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord has cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord require it at the hand of David's enemies. Lord, have mercy. Now Jonathan again calls David to vow, because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and you will be missed, because your seat will be empty. And when you have stayed three days, Go down quickly and come to the place where you hid on the day of the deed and remain by the stone easel. Then I will shoot three arrows to the side as though I shot at a target. And there I will send a lad saying, go find the arrows. If I expressly say to the lad, look, the arrows are on this side of you. Get them and come. Then as the Lord lives, there is safety for you and no harm. 
But if I say thus to the young man, look, the arrows are beyond you. Go your way, for the Lord has sent you away. And as for the matter which you and I have spoken of, indeed the Lord be between you and me forever. The promises that we've made to each other, if you have to leave, when the time comes, you got to honor your word. Then David hid in the field, and when the new moon had come, the king sat down to eat the feast. Now the king sat on his seat, as at other times, on a seat by the wall. And Jonathan arose, and Abner sat by Saul's side, but David's place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul did not say anything that day, for, a, for he thought, something has happened to him. He is unclean. Surely he's unclean. And it happened the next day, the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. And Saul said to Jonathan, his son, why has the son of Jesse not come to eat, either yesterday or today? Where is he at? What's going on with him? So Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked permission of me to go to Bethlehem. Come on. And he said, please let me go, for our family has a sacrifice in the city, and my brother has commanded me to be there. And now if I have found favor in your eyes, please let me go away, let, uh, let me get away and see my brothers. Therefore, he has not come to the king's table. Get this. Then Saul's anger was aroused against Jonathan. And he said to him, you son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, you shall not be established, nor your kingdom. Now, therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. And Jonathan answered Saul, his father, and said to him, Why should he be killed? What has he done? Then Saul cast a spear at him to kill him, by which Jonathan knew that it was determined by his father to kill David. So Jonathan arose from the table uh, in fierce anger, and he ate no food the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father had treated him shamefully. And so it was in the morning that Jonathan went out into the field at the time appointed with David, and a little lad was with him. Then he said to the lad, now run and find the arrows which I shoot. And as the lad ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the lad had come to the place of where the arrow was, which Jonathan had shot, Jonathan cried out after the lad and said, is not the arrow beyond you? And Jonathan cried out after the lad. He cried out after the lad, make haste, hurry, do not delay. So Jonathan's lad gathered up the arrows and came back to his master. But the lad did not know anything. Only Jonathan and David knew of the matter. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the lad and said to him, go, carry them to the city. And as soon as the lad had gone, David rose from the place toward the south, fell on his face to the ground, and bowed down three times. And they kissed one another, and they wept together. This is David's most humble moment. Then Jonathan said, I want you to remember that verse 41. We're going to go back to that in a second, Lashana. Then 
said to David, Go in peace, since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, May the Lord be between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. So he arose, departed, and Jonathan went with his men. Verse number one says, And David said, Is there any yet left that is left out of the house of Saul? We've had some things go down now. We've had some things go down. There's been wars. People have been killed. There's been a whole lot of drama. I'm talking about it's been action-packed for the life of David. And David is finally in this position that he was always ordained to be in by God. And the first thing, when he gets settled, you know how when you get settled into the new position, you, are, you get settled into the promotion, you get settled into the place of power that God has put you in, and you get all your, you get everything aligned and everything is straight, and you go, whew, now let's handle some business. Here's where we are with David. He says, and David said, is there yet anyone, any that is left in the house of Saul that I may shew him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And now we're reading out of the King James Version. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when he had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may shew the kindness of the Lord, the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. <laughs> and the king said unto him, Where is Ziba? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Gib, the son of Ania in Lodabar. <laughs> then the king sent question I would like to ask everyone in the building today is have you ever been dropped? Has someone ever dropped you? Let me ask it a little further with my question. Have you ever had people in your life that you trusted everything with that you shared everything you had with, and it was on the strength of what all you had shared with them that made you so close. Have you ever had a parent, or maybe both parents, to drop you? You grew up in neglect. You didn't have the rights that so many other children had which was to go to school and learn without having to worry about what's going to be cut off by the time you got done. Will it be the heat this time or will it be the water? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You knew that by the time that you got home, something was not going to be as it should be. And you 
didn't go to school with the rights that every other child had. We didn't go, we didn't go to school not thinking about the bills because quite honestly the bills wasn't your business. But you went to school worried about what's going to be on or what's going to be off by the time I got home. Was you robbed of the TV shows that the children talked about in school that they were able to watch the night before simply because their family had money to pay for it. And those was conversations that you could not have with your fellow students because you knew nothing about what it was that they were talking about. And who was once a friend is still a friend, but just not as much of a friend simply because, simply because we don't have much in common due to our family, our family economical makeup. I don't know anything about being poor, so we don't have a lot in common. Hmm. Anybody in the building know what I'm talking about? Being dropped <laughs> is one of the reasons that prisons ain't worried about shutting down. Being dropped is why drug and alcohol rehabilitation centers have a waiting list. It's not just that they're full, but they're actually overpacked. Have you been dropped? Being dropped is one of the reasons that some of us can't function properly in a relationship, let alone a marriage, because the drop was so detrimental that we, we have never healed completely, if at all. Have you, have you been dropped? Do you have a hard time keeping friends? Do you have a hard time trusting folks? Do you have a hard time believing what people are trying their hardest and best to convince you of. Simply, you don't have to worry about me. I don't mean to be the way that I am, but you don't understand that I was dropped when I was younger by some people who, who should have been, or, or who were supposed to take better care of me. And all oh, with everything in me, I want to trust you. With everything in me, I want to believe that you've got my back. With everything in me, I need to know that when hell hits the fan, you're going to be there. But there's something that has happened to me. I've been drugged. If I was a betting man, I'd be willing to bet that there's some people in here that if they would be all the way honest, oh Lord, have mercy. They would admit, I too have been dropped. I'll take it even deeper. There's some people in here who didn't know that they had been dropped really until just now. I, I, I thought drugs was just something that you've done. I really didn't see it as a coping mechanism to ward off all the memories of the hell that I'd been through. I didn't mean to be the way that I am. But what you don't understand 
is that I was trapped. <laughs> Mephibosheth, he's innocent. He's a child. And all in the course of a day, his whole life has been altered forever. It's not his fault. He didn't deserve it. But nonetheless, life as he knows it is about to change completely. What, what I need you to understand is that Saul is the grandfather. He's Mephibosheth's grandfather, and Jonathan is his daddy. And on this particular day, they, they have both been killed in combat. Can you imagine walking up to, uh, waking up to the voice of a hysterical nurse? And she's hysterical because she understands that now since the king and his son has been killed, the enemy is on their way. And the way that they did things back then, uh, according to this culture and this time, uh, dispensation, uh, is if they were coming to take over, they was going to kill everything that was connected to the fallen king. They didn't care that Mephibosheth was five. They, didn't, they wouldn't have cared if he was laying, uh, you know, in, 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 in a baby bed, just an infant even, they would have killed him. And the reason why they would have killed him was because the mindset that they had was, I don't need this joker making it to 21, realizing what really happened, and then kill, and then come back and kill me. So everything that is connected to this king has got to die. This made Mephibosheth a target for sure. And the nurse, what I love about the nurse is at least she tried. She could have left him to die in the place. She could have left him to die in the palace and, and had a safe getaway. But she couldn't do it because she had nurtured this baby since his birth. For five years, she is taking care of this child. And the, there was no way she could just up and leave him for dead. Can I stop right there and just suggest? Can I stop right there and just suggest that you need to have people in your life that no matter how bad it gets, they will never leave you for dead. And I don't know about nobody else up in here, but, but when it all hell is breaking loose in my life, I need some real soldiers that's going to roll with me. You understand what I'm saying to you? I, I, I don't need no fair-weather friends for this next season in my life. I've got to know that you are down for me the same way that I'm down for you. Can I just go ahead and quote a great theologian of the 90s by the name of Tupac Shakur who said it like this, you ain't never had a friend like me. He went on to quote, and I quote, uh, uh, I drop it all for you when the homies call. Can I just go ahead and prophetically declare all over the Unity Worship Center in the year 2020, uh, uh, you all of your fake friends, uh, you will have the, the, the power to disconnect yourself from, watch this, and all of your phony friends will be mandated that they disconnect themselves from you because God understands that in this season of your life, everything that ain't real got to roll. You understand what I'm saying to you? I ain't keeping you around because I feel bad for you. I ain't keeping you around because I'm your child's God. 
God, Mama, your child, God, Daddy, if I see that you are a wolf in sheep's clothing, it makes me no different. You have got to go. <laughs> the applause is at a minimal. At a minimal because most of us are connected to people that mean us no good. Lord, have mercy. And some of you got some people in your family <laughs> that you just need to sit down and have a conversation with. Look, I love you. <laughs> I love you. you. We family. We blood. <laughs> but I know you. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> we might be family, but I know you. <laughs> and for what God is doing in my life right now, <laughs> I ain't got time for your foolishness. <laughs> I ain't got time for your funny style ways. <laughs> I ain't got time for you to be backbiting when it comes to me. I'm going to have to let you go. Twenty twenty. Phony family members will have to stay out of your face. I prophetically declare that in the year twenty twenty, God is going to show you every wolf in your camp, every swindler, every liar. Every mess starter, every rumor starter, every gossip column, every user. I declare and declare with confidence and expectation that your friends list is about to get smaller. The contacts in your phone are about to become less and less and even more or less. You understand what I'm saying to you? God is about to expose them because for this next level in him, you ain't got time to be missing. Oh, God, you ain't got time to be missing God-given opportunity because of jokers who claim that they want more of God but are doing everything that shows us different. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan and David were friends like this to the point where David, Jonathan in front of David, took off all his clothes. He said, here's, here's my robe. <laughs> Why was this important? Because the robe symbolized who he was. And, 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 and I bless God that Jonathan wasn't the type of cat that said, look here, once Saul dies, my daddy dies, I'm the new king. You understand that Jonathan had a real relationship with God simply because Jonathan did not, Jonathan did not mind to give David the spot that everybody in the natural would have said belonged to him. I want to ask you something today. Do you have enough God in you? that even though you know that the way things are worked out naturally, you should be the next one. But deep down on the inside, God has, uh, God has set a, a knowledge in you that lets you know, uh, even though the, they, they say you should be here next, I say he should be here next. I know, I know, I know you've prepared all your life to be in this spot. I know that you, you have trained like crazy to be where I am, and I know you really feel like because you got my last name that this belongs to you, but is it anybody in the building that's real enough with God to say, but since God said I'm not the one, I'll give it to the one that he says he is. Can I just go ahead and tell you that you've got some family members, you've got some friends that know that you are the next up and coming, but because they are so thirsty, because they are so greedy, because they are so absorbed with self that, that even though they know it would be a better thing for you to be in the place that they, that they want to be in, they'd rather see it fail than give it over to somebody else. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you in here right now got family members. Oh, God, you, oh, don't talk about my family. I'll talk about your family because I talk about my family. Now, some of you got family members that can't stand what you made it out of. 
I thought you'd be happy that I stopped getting high. I thought you'd be happy that I wasn't drinking no more. I thought you'd be happy that I wasn't sleeping around no more. I thought you'd be happy that I wouldn't got me a job. I thought you'd be happy that I'm about to finish school. I thought you'd be happy that I pay attention to my children the way that I do. I thought you'd be happy. But it isn't, it isn't until, it isn't until you begin, uh, I, I believe, uh, another great theologian by the name of Jay-Z said, uh, you don't see the snakes till you cut the grass. Amen. Uh, it's all right as long as I'm a mess. Uh, nobody gets to see how big a mess you are. But when it is that I begin to get myself together, we begin to see how holy you're not. Anybody know what I'm talking about in here? Anybody got some people in their life, whether it be family, members, or friends? As long as you was messed up, as long as you was falling off, as long as you didn't seem like you could get it together, they always had your back. They'd always loan you the money. There was always somebody that you could call on. But when you got to the point that you didn't need them like that no more, instead of them saying high five instead of them saying good job instead of them saying I'm so proud of you they begin to behind your back begin to say things like I bet you it don't last long I bet let's just wait and see you know you know they done done this before they done got saved before they got baptized before they was in church for two or three months before but I bet you they won't stay with it can I just go ahead and tell you that you have a legal right to let those people go so much to deal with this that I didn't want to be slave to this computer. So we've got, we've got David who has daddy issues. David's got daddy issues because, and many theologians say that his family did not love him simply because he, his mother died trying to birth him. Don't know how true it is. It's in a few theologian books theology books. It's, it's in a few of them. The time all makes sense, but I wasn't there, so I won't say that's what happened for sure. But I do know that his brothers can't stand him. They can't stand him. Watch this. And his father don't think too much of him because they keep him on the backside of a mountain keeping the sheep. And, 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 and it's a dangerous job that he's given his son. Why would you say that? It's a, it's a job that I wouldn't hire any of my children for because if you read scripture, it told you that, 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 that David bragged one time to the king, Saul, uh, when he was getting ready to come and take over and fight uh, 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 Goliath, and, and Saul looked at him and said, uh, you, you, you are not tried. You are not, you're too young. You, you don't know what time it is when it comes to battle. And, and, and David simply replied, I kept the sheep. And when the lion and when the bear came, I made sure I left the 99 to save the one. I made sure didn't nobody die. And ain't a lion that ate on my watch. It ain't, a, it, ain't a, it ain't a bear that ate on my watch. And if they ate, it sure wasn't sheep because I kept the sheep. Is it anybody in here that has done some important things, some seriously important things that has kept your family's name lifted high? It, it would have been crazy. It would have been shameful if you would have let it go out the way that it went out. But because you sat on the backside of the desert and went through more hell than a little bit, your family's name is still intact. Your people still get uh, respect. And people ain't talking about your family. But even though you did all of that, they still play you like you don't matter. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. When the lion and the bear came, I was there. And even though when God tells Samuel, go to the house of Jesse, because we're getting ready to anoint a new king. Lord, how much? And when Samuel 
when Jesse gets me, he says, where's all your sons out so that I can, I need to, I need to pour the oil over them and see if anything comes out. Because the one who, the one where the oil comes out is the next king of Israel. And the first one jumped up, I can't remember his name. He was the oldest and, and he looked good. And, and, and Samuel said to himself, oh, surely this is going to be the one. And he poured, but nothing came out. Ain't you tired of being caught up with people that when they poured, nothing came out? But they act like they oil leaks. Listen, <laughs> he poured, but nothing came out. And, and Samuel was perplexed. You know, he's a prophet. And he said, hey, surely this would have been the one. He's tall in stature. He's handsome. He, he's got that body on him. He, he's got, and the Lord told him straight up something that every last one of you, especially single people, should understand. Here, can I just talk to my single people in here? He said, he said, he said, he said see, man judges on the outside, but I judge what's on the inside. I judge the heart. Can I just go ahead and tell about eight single people in here that one of your biggest problems is you keep on looking, you're judging from the outside. Can I just go ahead and tell you that, 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 that your husband might not be built like a Samson? He might not have a LL Cool J lip, lipping, lip licking, you know, sexy stuff, uh, you know, that y'all been looking for. Uh, but what if your man ain't got a six pack, but he got a keg? But he loves you undeniably. He loves you without limits. He, he's got your back no matter what. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It, 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 it's got to the point in 2020. I don't see. I got some daughters in the Lord and, and, and I'm trying to, I don't care. I wouldn't care if he had to hold his stomach while he held her hand. You understand me? If I could, if the Lord told me that he loved her and loved her more than he loved himself, I'm, I'm pushing that marriage together. Run around here looking for things that you ain't got yourself. I want a man with a six pack. Well, baby, you need to, you need to, well, now look here, honey. <laughs> he, <laughs> oh, Lord, I want a man with a body, but you ain't got a membership, nothing. And right now, Planet Fitness got no money down, $10 a month. You ain't thought about pulling over there by uh, the, 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 Kroger's, what it is, the Kroger's and the, and the White Castles. You know, you, but you want, you want a six-pack. You want somebody with a six-pack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me get back to the real thing. All the visitors in the house, I promise I'm saved. He pours, but there's no, the oil doesn't come out. And he goes through this with the, the other six brothers. And Samuel says, I know there's nothing wrong with my relationship with the Lord. And I know the Lord has sent me here. There's got to be somebody else. He said, is there any more? I want you to understand David's situation. He said, there's David, but he just can't have sheep. There's David, but surely you're not concerned with him. He's the runt of the bunch. There's David, but he really ain't got no home training. So when he said, bring, your, I want you to understand the emotional makeup that David is dealing with. When he said, bring all your sons in so I can, I can declare a new king, he didn't even consider David as a son. And the only reason that he remembered David as a son was because he realized that the oil hadn't come out at all. And it, I got another one. 
but there just must be a problem. There's just got to be a problem because you sure ain't the one. And Samuel said, well, I'm not going to sit down until you bring him here. And they went and got him. <laughs> Can you imagine? It, it, it poured out over seven, and it didn't come out. The oil didn't come out. That should have been enough for the father to go get David immediately and say, oh, that's what's happening. But David had such a low thought process when it, uh, but Samuel, uh, Jesse had such a low thought process when it comes to David, he still didn't jar his memory. I got another son. Is it anybody in the building that has at one time or another, because of the actions of your parents, felt like I'm not, I'm, I, I, am, I don't have a mama, I don't have a daddy, but ain't you happy that even when those days happen, God promised in his word, I am a mother to the motherless and a father to the fatherless. And you don't need nobody because to be real with you, baby, your mama and daddy, I just used them to get you here. You understand what I'm saying to you? And I never would have brought you through if I wasn't going to have your back. <laughs> that's, why, that's, why, that's why some of the hoodest of us uh, who didn't grow up with mama and daddy in the same household got some of the best manners that you'll ever see. <laughs> Because we had daddy, oh God, we have the God of gods as a daddy. You understand what I'm saying to you? And not only did he daddy us, but he taught mama how to mother us. Oh, y'all don't hear me up in here. And that's the reason why you can sit back and come from a complete home and had, had mama, had daddy, had everything that you need. And they some of the nastiest kids you ever want to meet. But you can sit back and catch some of us that all we done, uh, hopscotch, we, we, had, we played hopscotch because it was free. We played mother may I because it was free. You understand, we played tag because it was free. We didn't have none of them tapes. Creek games you could play because that takes Creek they had money. Oh, y'all don't hear me up in here. I'm talking about, oh, let me stop. <laughs> he goes and he sends for David to come, pour the lamp over David's head, and the oil comes out. Whew. Not the most unlikely one, not the one everybody had given up on, not the one that had been cast aside to the most dangerous job that you could have. Here is the one, Lord have mercy, that kept the sheep. We understand the issues that David has now, right? He's nobody's fool. He knows he's not loved properly. He knows people don't care as much about him. Jesse don't care about as much about him as he cares about his son. But yet and still, he's loyal to a T to Jesse. So now, all of a sudden, we, we skip down through some of the chapters, and we find out that David begins to go to the house of Saul, and he begins to play the harp because Saul has a distressed spirit. He has a distressed spirit. Uh, and, so, and so what happens is David begins to play the harp, and every time that David plays the harp, it soothes Saul. Oh, God, y'all don't hear me in here. And he's distressed. Why is he distressed? Because he disobeyed the Lord. And, 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 and he's operating in a, in, in, in a title that is no longer his. And, and, and you've got to be careful that you don't, oh, God, can I just go ahead and say this? You've got to be careful that when you mess up that you make sure you take your discipline. No discipline, no learning, no learning, no elevation. You understand what I'm saying to you? He, uh, oh, y'all don't hear me up in here. He, he, he was having a hard time saying, I tricked it off. I had it all, but I tricked it off. And since I tricked it off, then here, you know, I'm going to do what God told me to do. Understand this. Solomon, uh, Saul could have had a much better life had he just done what he was supposed to do. He might not have been the king anymore, but he still would have had favor because until the end he had been obedient to the Lord. David comes and he's playing the harp. Eventually, he begins to go into war for Saul. David has become close to Saul's son, Jonathan, and they begin to go out to war. And 
and, and, and we find that David is a beast. And he begins to win wars that are unwinnable. And one day he comes back and he's been totally faithful. He's been totally faithful to Saul. And he comes back and, 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 and there was some, some females and they were singing a song. And they said, they said, for Saul has killed thousands of men, but David has killed 10,000 of men. And when Saul heard this, he was immediately vexed in his spirit. He was upset. He became, he became David's number one hater. Will they sing a song like this in front of me? And he asked this very important question. And some of y'all better be careful about some of the people that y'all call best friends. And some of you better be careful about the people that you call family. Let me tell you something. I've come to a place in my life where my family ain't my family. My fa I, got, I got a Jesus-type spirit where he, I say, who, are, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Who are my sisters? My mother, brother, and sisters, and fathers are the ones that keep his word. I don't care nothing about that blood that's thicker than water. Not my blood. No, no, it ain't. No, it ain't. You understand? I will say goodbye to you quicker than a New York minute. You understand what I'm saying to you? Because I want to be in the company of. I want to be surrounded with people that if God say this, we do this. And if God say that, we do that. And it ain't no two ways about it. Saul asked the question, here's the hater. What else is it going to take except my kingdom? Saul's not stopped to think that if it had not been for David, you'd probably be killed and dead a long time ago. But even though you've been disobedient, God still honored you with somebody to have your back. Is there anybody in the building that's glad that though you know you've been wrong, God still honors you nonetheless? Mm. You know you ain't been right. You know you ain't done all you should do. You understand what I'm saying to you? You know you done dropped the ball. You know you've not listened. You know that you've been rebellious in the eyes of God, but God sends you favor anyway. Let me tell you something. When you know that you're that type of person, you don't, you don't read as much as you should. You don't pray as much as you should. You don't show up in church as much as you should. You don't help the church as much as you should. But somehow, some way, for some reason, we've not figured it out. God still blesses you. He still lives by his own words. He says, I reign on the just as well as the unjust. You understand what I'm saying to you? If there's anybody in the building that says, I know I've not been too good as God, as God has been to me, but yet he keeps blessing me. I dare you give him a praise. <laughs> ain't no way, ain't no way I deserve all he's done for me, yet he does it anyway. I don't know about nobody else in here, but has anybody has ever been at their worst? I'm talking about you just knew, flatline, it's over with. God don't want nothing to do with me, especially not after this act and not after that act and not after what I said and not what just fell out my mouth and somehow, some way, before I make it to my next destination, I receive news that I've been blessed in a way that I know I don't deserve. You ever done that? You ever just been crazy all the way crazy times three and you are in shame and guilt, but God don't want you to stay there because he said those that are in Christ are not in condemnation. You understand what I'm saying to you? And he go ahead and throw you a little something so that you remember even though you messed up you're still mine even though you messed up I still love you even though you messed up I still got your back now you gonna suffer some consequence but there will be a spanking there's gonna be a spanking but when, when you as you cry cry tears knowing that I love you I spanked you because I love you I spanked you because if I didn't spank you you'd end up in somebody's prison I spanked you because if I didn't spank you you'd run around here with HIV I spanked you because I spanked oh you don't hear me up in here I spanked you because I loved you Bible says, I chasten as whom I love. <laughs> Be careful when you continuously do wrong. And he stops spanking you. Careful about when you continuously do wrong. And he stops spanking you. Because he said he spanks who he loves. 
David is supposed to be king, but now he's he's got a cowardly king pressed out about him. One day he throws a javelin at David. Saul throws a javelin at him. He missed. He said he escaped with his life. Can I show you daddy issues? But he returned the next day. I know who's trying to kill me. I know something has upset him. I know he don't love me like he used to. And he just tried to kill me yesterday, but because I yearned to be loved, Maybe he's changed his mind. Maybe he's maybe he's come to the realization that I would never wrong him. I would never do him wrong. I never did nothing that was his. And I go so hard for him because I love him. And he goes back and David, Saul tries to kill him again. What is David going through? Because he don't want me. He didn't even acknowledge me in the boat. My brothers can't stand me. They confronted me and called me out in front of everybody. They, they told me, they said, why ain't you home with your little sheep? They're all now they little sheep. They support the whole household. They support the income of the family. But they little sheep now. They wasn't little sheep when you was eating last night. They wasn't little sheep when you paid your electric bill. But now they little sheep. And what did David say? Why? Is there a reason that you treat me, talk to me like this? Then was, hallelujah, haters. Then we find David steps to Saul and says, listen, your daddy's out to get me. He wants to kill me. Here's where you find true friendship. Jonathan says, Jonathan says, if, if this is true, he'll tell me. David said, he ain't going to tell you. He know I got favor with you. Jonathan said, I, before I turn on my father, I got to know. But if you're right, I got your back. Is there anybody in the building that's got friends that, 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 that will leave their family if their family's wrong on the strength of you? You've got to have a special relationship with someone for them to say, hey, I'm not for, the, I'm not for you because you're my cousin. I'm not for you because you're my brother, I'm, but I'm for you because you're right. Jonathan keeps his word. He goes to the table. Nothing is said the first night. The second night, he comes to the table. And Saul asks, where is he? Where's David? And, so, and Jonathan begins to lie. He begins to lie so that he can save David's life if need be. You thought that David, Saul would have been okay with the reason that, that Jonathan gave him. He had to go to build with the family. He had to go worship with his family. His brother had commanded him. And he said, bring him to me so that he can die. And he said, what has he done to you that you should kill him? And David had, and, 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 and Saul had no answer for this. Can I tell you that there's going to be some people in your life that you do right? There's going to be some people in your life that you've never wronged, you've never done wrong by. There's going to be some people in your life that you went the extra mile for just to show them that I really got your back. You don't got to worry about me. I'm gonna, I'll be the one to die for you. I'll be the one to put it all on the line for you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'll treat you like you need to be treated just to find out that they were plotting to kill you. Make it hard to trust, don't it? Make it hard to trust. Why should he die? 
Saul don't got no answer. Why should he die? And if he would have answered honestly, he would have said, because I'm jealous of him. Because I'm scared of him. In fact, all through the Bible we saw, in through those chapters we saw that every time that it said that, that, that David would go out, even though Saul was tripping, David would go out to war and he behaved wisely. And that, uh, that scared him. Can I just go ahead and tell some of y'all, this is why you got <laughs> you to watch your haters because they get upset because they won't, they, you won't act like they do. Oh, God. Now, I, I, I see all this toilet paper in here, and ain't nobody, ain't no cameras, ain't nobody watching. I, a, few, a few rolls of this toilet paper going home with me. You know, and they stealing, right? And then when you sit back and say, nah, I ain't got no money, and I ain't got no toilet paper, and I ain't going to borrow the toilet paper that you steal, but I'm still not going to go steal. And see, when you begin to do the right things, when all the wrong things make a whole lot of sense, folk will get scared of you. Folk will dislike you. And the reason that they dislike you is because the right in you exposes the wrong in them. And I just want to say, keep on doing the right thing. All through the scriptures it said that he, belay, he behaved wisely. He kept himself. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of honor. He didn't play himself. Uh, Saul had, and the reason that the Bible told you that two and three times through these scriptures is because he, the, the Bible wanted you to understand that Saul had no reason to come at David the way he did. But can I just go ahead and tell you this, that when you have done wrong in the eyes of God and God begins to shift that momentum into the life of Sal, into the life of another person, the folk who had the opportunity but messed it up will hate you because you're taking, you're taking your opportunity seriously. You know how many preachers can't stand me? You know how many, pre you know how many preachers can't stand me? They, they don't understand this. They over at hating going, I don't understand. I'm over here laughing. I don't either, but <laughs> favor ain't fair, I guess. You know, you got some people that when you get the new car, they smile for you as long as you in front of them. Then they, as soon as you zoom, zoom off, they ain't going to have that car in six months. Mm -mm. Plus, if that job, if that job, if they, hey, if they lose that job, it's over. They begin to speak over your life. Here's the sad part. They got a new car, too. You couldn't stop congratulating them, but they, when you brought your new car, you couldn't get no love, nothing that was real. Get this. The lad goes, picks up the arrows. After the lad goes back and he leaves for the city, Jonathan jogs down to where David is, and he says, remember what we said. They're crying, but it says, David cried the more. Why did David cry the more? One, he's about to leave. And the one person that I could trust and depend on, no matter what, we got to go our separate ways. Can I show you that David was crying the more because David needed somebody? Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? He needed somebody. Every now and again, you'll find yourself in the midst of all the hell and drama and, and tension and craziness just needing somebody. I just, I, sometimes I come to my, I, I, just, I, don't, I don't need another fair weather friend. I just need somebody. I remember the, the first, the first uh, study that we done in MOE, Man of Excellence, uh, Brother Ray brought the sermon title or the lesson title, Every Man Needs a Man. And, 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 and I love my wife. And she's the bomb.com. And, 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 and she's my homie lover. 
you know, all of that. And she knows just about everything about me. And I say just about because there's some things that's only left for God. But there's some things that a wife can't handle that I need a man to listen to. You understand what I'm saying to you? And I don't need just any man. I need a man with some integrity. I need a man, I need a man with a heart of God. I need a man that's going to tell me that my stuff stink. I need a man that ain't going to amen me. I need a man that ain't going to yes me. I need a man that says, dog, you tripping. You understand what I'm saying to you? Just like you women need a woman that ain't going to sit back and tell you what you want to hear because you got things that they like. Oh, God, you don't hear me up in here. I, I don't need you to be down with me because, uh, because I got credit. I don't need you to be down with me because uh, I got a number. I got the baddest hair dresser in my phone. I don't need you to be down with me because I give things away and one day I might give you something that you want. I need you to be down with me because simply because we are down. We've been through some things together. David cried the more. I haven't found somebody that has my back. And now I got you. Do you understand that when he left, he didn't leave. He didn't leave. Thank you so much. He didn't leave like I'm cool. David left with that's one of the biggest problems we have in the 21st century church. We scared to lose everything and everybody. So we keep everything and everybody and we keep sickness and we keep death and we keep a curse and we keep tragedy and we keep calamity and we keep all of that simply because we won't cut loose this stuff and these people. Some of you know who your hater is. Some of you know who are in your circle that don't like you. Can I just go ahead and show you that you are dealing in dysfunction when you know that you got people around you that can't stand you, but you keep them around anyway. You are operating in dysfunction then. Let me ask you a question to prove my point. Why would you keep someone around you that you know wants to kill you? Can we say needy? Gotta have somebody? You know, I, I know they don't love me like they should, but at least they're here. I know they don't love me like they should, but at least they're here. A whole lot of my single people went, ooh. Because you know he don't love you like he should. But at least I got somebody. This is why you can't be a victim to low self-esteem. This is why you can't be a person that operates in a vulnerable mindset. Because at least I got somebody. They dog me. They take my money. They use me. They talk about me. They laugh at me while they driving my car with other people in it. But at least I got somebody. At least I got somebody. Y'all can talk about me, but at least I ain't alone. vulnerability and your self, low self-esteem and your low thought of what you think of yourself begins to bite out and fight out at your friends that's trying to tell you you being a fool and, 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 and you say things like, no, no, so you're the only one supposed to be happy. Like, well, you, just, you can't stand the fact that I'm happy. You can't stand the fact that I, you, no, 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 baby, I can't stand the fact that you're getting dogged out and used and played and you're the only one that don't see it and you're acting like you don't see it and then finally they'll come to you and just tell you the truth, but at least I got some. They said I was fat. How am I going to have somebody if I'm fat? But this one loves me no matter how fat I am. They said they didn't want they ain't gonna want nobody with kids, but I got plenty of kids. And they, but this one want me, and I got plenty of kids. And and, and 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 on and on and on. And this is why I operate the way that I operate. But 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 can I tell you that you are still alone? 
What do you do when you know that you are being used, but you continue to be used just so you can have somebody? Do you know how that is killing you on the inside? You ever found yourself doing things worse and worse and your decision making becoming worse and worse and worse? And you're trying to figure out how did you get to the point where I would make such bad decisions like this? And it's simply because you have allowed yourself to be dog used and played so much that you're that you're you, you no longer have a defense mechanism. You have trained yourself to take whatever as long as you're not by yourself. so much from 2 Samuel and 4, 1 Samuel and 4, I believe, to 2 Samuel and 9, he's went through so much. Jonathan's, Jonathan, put it back, Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son, and he was lame in his feet. Five years old, and the news about Saul and Jonathan had come from Jezreel, and his nurse took him up, and I, let's finish it, come on, and she fled, and it happened that as she made haste to flee, that he fell and became lame, he became lame. Go ahead and tell the truth and shame the devil. How many of you have DNA that is the truth and shame? It's not my fault, but somebody did something that wasn't right. It's not my fault, but somebody didn't care enough of me to make sure I was straight. I've been dropped. I've been dropped, and as a consequence, I'm lame in everything that I do. Because how many of you understand that if you're lame on your feet, it affects your walk? I'm lame, and because I'm lame, it affects my walk. I'm lame, and because I'm lame, it keeps me vulnerable. I'm lame, and I don't have a whole lot of pickle the litter, so I take what I can get. I'm lame! I've got a problem with everybody because I don't deserve the position that I'm in right now. I am supposed to be the king. I'm supposed to be the king. But yet we find Mephibosheth and load the bar. Low meaning no. The bar meaning speech. I'm supposed to be the king. But I'm in the projects. I'm supposed to be the king. But I, I make my residence in a trailer park. I'm supposed to be the king. But because something happened to me that had nothing to do with me at all, I'm lame. I'm hurting. I'm broken. I have no worth. I'm in a place where people, where we are, where, where we've been given up on. I'm in Lodabar. 
I'm in a place where you would never see the king's chariot ride. I'm in Lodabar. I'm at a dysfunctional place because I'm a dysfunctional person. But then we see David. I'm almost done. Can you finish that now? David keep his word. He's battled through what he's had to battle through. He's done all he knew he would have to do. Take it to, uh, you got the worst twin, our last one, Shauna. He's set in the position. He's got a serious army. He's got some good women behind him. <laughs> and he asked a question. And David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may shew him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called unto David, called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan, your brother, thy son, is gone from us, for he is lame. doesn't know of the promise, but he doesn't know that a promise that he knows nothing about is about to bring him out of the situation he's in. The whole church should have lost their mind right then, because before you was in the earth realm, there had been a promise made on your behalf, <laughs> a promise that you don't even know about the promise, but on the strength that the promise is made, it's the reason that the enemy has not been able to take you out and have no mercy. It's, it's been crazy. It's been hell. It makes no sense at all. It's been chaotic. You don't deserve the majority of what you've been through. Then you don't know, if truth be told, how you made it over. Lord, have mercy. Because some of us, just to be honest with you, we really ain't churchy folk. You understand what I'm saying? And you, and you, and, but when you hear something like he made a way out of nowhere, you can stand at your feet and lose your mind just on the strength of that sentence because you've got two or three times that you can remember that he made a way out of nowhere. Don't know why you don't know about this promise, and you don't know why he loves you like he does, but he loves you anyway. And you have a right to get excited because you know there were times in your life where, where you should have slit your wrist, you should have blown your brains out, you should have took excess amount of pills, but on the strength. God is faithful uh, to his word. He is faithful to his promise. Uh, right in the nick of time, uh, things begin to shift and show out in your life, my God. And you don't know how it shifted. You don't know why it shifted. You really can't tell nobody when it shifted. But on the strength that it shifted, baby, uh, you're having a celebration, Lord have mercy, instead of a funeral. Is it anybody that knows what I'm talking about when you sat back in the worst time of your life and said, this is it. I can't take no more. 
more. I'm broken than broken than broken be in every part and area of my body. But somehow you begin to get a joy that you don't understand. You begin to get some strength that you didn't know you had. You begin to operate in an energy that you had never operated in before. And we can all just let it be known that it was the Lord, my God. That's why they say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, when I look back over my life and I begin to think, think, oh, God, don't hear me up in here. I just need about 10 real people that's been through a real hell, that's been to, had, that had a real delivery to stand to your feet and give God a crazy praise because you know had he not showed up when he did, you'd be dead right now. You'd be dead. You'd be dead right now. You'd have overdosed already. You'd have slit your wrist by now. You'd have gave up for real, for real. You'd not have the power and the strength to believe anymore had he not stepped in when he did. Oh, God. He's in load the bar. He's in load the bar. And there comes a knock on the door. There comes another knock on the door. He's lame, so he can't get it. He's in the company of people who don't care. Because misery loves company. He's in, he's in the company of people that don't care. What Ziva doesn't understand, I mean, what, what People Chef doesn't understand, that's on the other side of that door. What's on the other side of that door is his breakthrough. What's on the other side of that door is his promise. Can I just go ahead and say to a few of you that's got this going on in your life right now, I know you're scared to look out the peephole because you think it's Bill people. I know you're scared to open the door because you think it's some more of your haters. You think it's some more gossip. You think it's some more things being said about you. You think it's another bad health report. But can I just go ahead and tell you that God is knocking in your life and he says open. Oh God, you don't hear me. You hear me knocking. Why don't you open up? I've got something for you. That thing that you thought was too big for you. It is, but it's not too big for me. In fact, he said in Isaiah 59, is my arms too short that I cannot reach? Are my ear too heavy that I cannot hear you? Baby, I've been on the, oh, God, y'all don't hear me. I've been on the scene since day one. When you first cried out to me about what you was going through, I was on my way. But just like, just like Daniel in chapter 6, there was people that was trying to keep me from you. I heard you cry from the first time, and I've been on my way. Is somebody going to get the door? I'm falling years ago, and I still can't get up. Somebody get the door. This is an awesome moment, because at this moment, they open the door, and here comes promise. They ain't got a lot to say. 
They're not commanded to say anything. In fact, I'm just supposed to fetch it. I'm just, I'm just supposed to fetch him. Come here. You know I was going to use you this morning. I'm just supposed to fetch him. I, I ain't supposed to, I don't have to talk him into it. Him telling me he ain't coming is not an option. Put your arm right here. Come on, come sit up here. Jump, boy, jump. <laughs> you got to jump. Put your feet out here. And on the strength that I know you can't walk. See, when God comes into your life, he will begin to make ways out of no way at all. My people shall come here, but I can't walk. Fetch him. Can I just tell about five to ten of you in here today that you are in your fetching period. And if you will just stop fighting, if you will cut off the people that are holding you back from where you should be in God, I come to tell you that God comes to fetch you. Even though some threw you away, God fetched you before he could kill you, before he could break you completely, before it took you totally out the game. God sent somebody to fetch you. Can I tell you, who did he send? He sent one of his own. And if you just trust God for once in your life, you can be fetched. My God, you don't hear me up in here. And he will walk you back to where you belong. Where does Mephibosheth belong? The same place that each and every one of you belong. At the table. Where do you want us to seat him? King David, where do you want us to put him? Down in the dungeon? He can't walk. Where do we hide him? Since he's handicapped, he can't walk. And King David looks at him and says, put him at the table. My table. And he begins to tell him how it's going to be. something years with nothing. But today over there, that Ziba, who was your father's, your grandfather's servant, is now your servant. And everything that your grandfather had is now yours. Can I just go ahead and tell some of y'all in here that if you was crazy enough just to take God at his word right now and give him a hallelujah, give him a praise of some type, there is things that have been stored up. There was... Can I just go ahead and say this? There was things that died with your grandmama. There was things that died with your grandfather. There was things that died with your mama and your daddy. There was things that died with your cousins. There was things that died with your best friends. Watch this as God said, but I had something. Everything that was theirs is now yours. My God, you don't hear me up in here. So you ain't broke no more because you don't got a broke spirit. You ain't depressed no more because you don't got a depressed spirit. You ain't scared no more because you ain't got a fearful spirit. Everything that they had is yours. When he blesses you, watch this. He blessed Mephibosheth today. But Ziba got strength. <laughs> Ziba came up big on the strength of him blessing. <laughs> Other folk got blessed. This is a sure example of my cup runneth over. 
and on the strength that it runneth over, everything and everybody that it touches is blessed. He said, and as far as you go, you will eat at my table. Watch this. As one of my sons. Why? I'm done. Did David love from a feeble staff the way that he did? Not because of the covenant with Jonathan. It's not because it was going to look good in the public when he saw confusion and saw himself. Man, I need love. And his love grew from that fellowship with Bathsheba. Bless him because of who his daddy was. Bless him because he knew what it meant to be a man and have nothing with nothing. We've got some people in the building today that finds themselves in low the bar. 